butts. Okay, there we got we got our intro joke out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah. So for how many how, how many episodes have I started like that? Like at, at least like four, right? Maybe I, I don't know. I haven't been keeping track. I'll have to ask whoever's in charge of the Shack Funk Wiki to, uh, to go back and pull it all up. Come on, Eugene, we're counting on you. Mm. Uh, I don't know why we would curse anyone to try to make a wiki of this, uh, <laughs> this shit. Um, we need to develop magical powers and like have a familiar do it, because nobody else will. Mm. Uh... But yeah, so for the last, I think, two episodes, I keep saying that I don't know what Elden Ring looks like, and now I know what it looks like, kind of, because I watched Yay. part of a Game Grumps playthrough, where they were in a very gray part of the game, so it just kind of looked like all the other Souls games, in being, you know, a gray person in a gray world, fighting gray things. Um, yeah. Elden Ring is significantly less gray than most of them. Mm. Um, but you found them in maybe the most gray place, aside from, like, the the snowy area near the end. Yeah, and I know they've done, like, three videos I only watched. I think the second one, because it, it, it was there, so I clicked it. Yeah, they... They only started doing it like a week, uh, a week or two ago, um, which is showing restraint because uh, <laughs> um, it's been out for like over a month now. I think. Um, wasn't it also a sponsored video? I don't think so. Okay. <clears throat> I know Aaron really likes Souls games, uh, mm, but I didn't know if it was something because... like they were going to wait on, but then, like from paid them to do it i don't i don't think so uh i mean it's possible that i just forgot but i don't i don't i don't think that was the case i think i would have remembered that mm. they did they did say like six months ago that they were going to do a a brilliant diamond shining pearl nuzlocke but they never did that so mm. yeah yeah, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl just added, fine, like, for this month, you can get the item that will get you Darkrai once you've, you know, beaten the League and completed your Pokedex and stuff so that you can actually access the post-game content. But you can download the item now for then. Um, so, I caught Darkrai, uh, and I don't know if I mentioned when I caught... I, I think, yeah, we probably did mention on the last episode the whole thing about um Arceus Arceus that you have to complete the other Arceus game in order to get Arceus on um the Diamond Pearl one okay okay Jade this is kind of a tangent mm -hmm. um but there there are two correct pronunciations of Arceus yeah um yeah one Ar Arceus is, is one is last I'd heard Arceus was the official but Arceus no, is the one, one that we agreed back when Legend Arceus came out. That's what this podcast will refer to Arceus as. Ar Ar Arceus is the worst one. Um, because Arceus works because Arce means butt, and that's kind of funny. Yeah, the, but that's also, why we're using it, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would also accept Arceus, because that's like 
um, oh, like that's archaic. like God, in, yeah. like archaic God in Latin. It's like a mm. <laughs> like it, he's an old god, so that's like implying that he's some kind of eldritch being. And uh, I like that one. What about Archaeus? Not Archaeus, but no. Archaeus. No, that just sounds like he's a car. What about Fred? Can I call him Fred? You can call him Fred, but only uh, if he accepts that name. Okay, I will have to ask. As he's following me around as my slave, because I have captured him and enslaved God. <laughs> well, in that case, you can call him Fred all you want. Um, because like he, he is completely... <laughs> he is completely subject to your will, so. Actually, I've got Red uh, Red of Steel following me around now because he's cuter. Yeah, cute is uh, not the word I would use, but okay. Nah, I like my my robo guy, my six armed robot with his long floppy arms. Does he have six arms? Uh, no, he's got six eyes. He's got two arms, but his arms are long and they flop around. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, despite like just having uh, taken a hiatus from Pokemon, I forgot what all the legendaries look like. <laughs> mm. Actually, I gotta double check on. He might have seven. I can't remember because it's a hexagon, but then there's one in the middle. So yeah, I think that is seven. Yeah, like all the Reggies have different. Um, eye patterns. Yeah. So. Yeah, Re Registeel. It's a <clears throat> hexagon with one in the middle. Uh, Regice is a cross. Um, Regirock is an savior. H, I think. And I. For hentai. Yeah, I don't remember Lucky or Drago because they're too new and I haven't looked at them enough. Um, <laughs> Regirock's just really into hentai. That's. <laughs> yeah, like I think Reg. <laughs> I think Regilecki. Is all it's kind of an H, but it's more like an I, like a capital I turned sideways because it's longer uh, in the middle and shorter on the the sides. And okay, so, so that one's also into hentai. He just doesn't want everybody to know about it. Yeah, and Rich uh, <clears throat> Gigas is just six dots, which are th this three pairs, which are in the colors of ice, rock, and steel, because those were the only ones that existed at the time, so I guess Regigigas yeah. uh, didn't know that there were two more Regis kicking around. Yeah, funny how that works, huh? When you uh, <laughs> just keep adding things. Yeah, yeah. there must be Regis that are even more ancient than Regigiggles somehow. Like um... What's a famous Reggie? Uh, that's not Reggie fils because that's too easy. Uh, Regis Philbin? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, like Regis Philbin. Or the Regis <laughs> from that episode of Megas XLR. Yes. I love Megas XLR. Who's, who's Regis? <laughs> uh, the, the Regis was that robot that started off as like a little eyeball and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and they oh, were yeah. too busy dealing with the DNA <laughs> to care. <laughs> yeah, that's the episode where he just 
steps on the DMV like 80 times over the course of the episode in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's an awesome show. All right, I have a dog whining. Give me one second. Okay. Well, Brent is away dealing with dogs. I am going through one of the I think four magic decks I built this week. Um this one is Baron Von Count. He's an unstable, so it's like a silver border joke commander. Um and the deck is mostly based around that there's this group called the League of Dastardly Doom. Are you back? But hey, you're back. I, I'm just telling the listeners about this uh, deck that I built this week. That I'm, um, I, I've been going through it because it's like, it's, it's this guy named Baron von Count, and he's from a group from the joke set called the League of Dastardly Doom, which are like mad scientist supervillains, and um, so the deck uses most of the cards from that group. But also, the Baron's thing is that uh, when he enters, you get a like a countdown that starts at 5. And if you play a card that has a, the number 5 written anywhere on it, you go to 4. And then you have to play a card that has the number 4 written on it, and you go to 3, 2, 1. And once you pass 1, you destroy target player. So you get to kill a player when you complete your countdown. But the problem the deck ran into the one time I've played it so far is that I don't have enough fives in it, so I've been trying to add more things that have the number five written on it that still feel like they belong in this supervillain science and explosions deck. So, currently I have now 11, 11 of the 100 cards in the deck have a five written on them somewhere, and that's the thing I need the most to... Like, I think I've got a fair amount of fours, I have tons of one twos and threes but i need fives to kick off the countdown because uh, i have to cast a spell that has the five written on it i can't just have it already there on the board it has to be in hand and cast from hand while baron is out and also i mean the deck it, it's not a high power deck if the baron gets killed it pretty much stops the countdown because when he comes back it resets back to five so so if you take the countdown it stops the countdown yep yeah. That was the pun. Yeah, that, 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 I'll <laughs> just let the pun have, be what it is. <laughs> I have no follow-up. Um, okay, so uh, did, did you have anything else to say about Ellen's rings before we move on from that topic? Okay, so... Um, I think I said before that the game is really good, but there, there, was, a, there was like a 10-hour stretch where it was like my favorite game ever. Mm. Um, and then I got to like the end game bosses and it, it's not good anymore. Oh. <laughs> Cause like, it's, it's not just that they're difficult. It's that they're difficult in such a bullshit ways where it just stops being fun. Mm. Um, like it, it's, it's like if you were playing, let's see. What, what's what's a game you like playing? Um, um, it, it's in, like in if you're playing Pokemon and trying to catch any fucking Pokemon that's not a common one and the catch rate is so <laughs> bullshit that you just close and reset the game 50 times like I did for Zapdos today. I mean, it, it's kind of like that, yes. Um, but it's like, like, like imagine you were playing Pokemon um, and then just out of nowhere... 
like oh just red comes off of mount silver in the middle of the game and punches <laughs> you in the deck <laughs> No, more like, imagine if, like, a, a squad from Call of Duty just came in and shot you and all your Pokemon, and there was, like, nothing you could do about it. That, that, that's, Is that's in, like, I... a scripted thing, or just... No, like, like you go to a certain place. suddenly very unfair. Yeah, that... Because, like, there, there's... There's a boss, she's an in-game boss, and she has an attack that is worse than any attack in any other souls game ever Hmm. um because she very quickly lunges at you and does like four horizontal swipes and then she does that three or four times in a row um and if you get hit by one of those it it will stun you lock you to death um Hmm. and if you try to block it you will run out of stamina and you'll get hit by the next volley, and you'll get stunlocked to death. So you have um, to dodge, and you have to dodge perfectly, otherwise you're screwed. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, well, the, the good thing about Souls games is that when you dodge, you get invincibility frames, mm. so you can dodge through attacks. The problem is that she attacks so quickly that uh, unless you dodge through her attack perfectly to where you like end up behind her every time she swings um you will get hit by the the next attack uh and you will get stun locked and died and die mm. um so did you actually get to finish the game or are you stuck there i i tried that fight for like two hours and then i stopped and then i i watched uh, a spider anime um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't I didn't feel like dealing with it. Mm. Um, also, just the area leading up to that boss was not fun. Um, it was just really annoying. Like not not really challenging, but just annoying. Mm. Because it, it it's like you, oh you you teleport there, and you're on the branch of a giant tree that is not. It's not the giant tree that you've been seeing the whole game. It's a different giant tree. Mm. Um, You're on one of the branches. And there's a bunch of uh, things trying to knock you off. And then you get to where there's actual buildings. And there's a bunch of monsters there that are all individually weak. There's just a lot of them all at once. Um... So, like, I was like, fuck this. So I just ran through it and, like, just didn't engage with it at all because it wasn't worth it. Mm. And that that's no fun. But also, like, trying to get through it like I normally would would have been a pain in the ass. So, <laughs> like, I, I just skipped it, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But there, there was a point, like... When I was just finishing up, uh, like the the regular open world sections, where I was like, "This is great," because like every time I try to finish a place, a new place opens up, and it it looks different. It looks amazing. Um, and like I was just really enjoying like exploring the world and all the neat gigantic fantasy shit that they threw in it. Mm. 
Um, and then I get to this one part, and it reminds me that it's a game, and it's a not just a game, a game, but a difficult yeah. game that wants to kill you. Yeah. Um, and not even in fair, cha- challenging ways, just like, oh, uh, <laughs> the AI decided to use this attack, so you're dead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No fun. Mm. Um, the rest of the game was a blast, though. Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd give 90% of this game a 10 out of 10. i give, like, the the last 10% of this game a 2 out of 10. Mm. So, that, I guess they, so they designed fun. it for, like, the, the amount of the game that the average player will play will be reasonable. But then, if you try to go past that, now you're in the hardcore lands. Yeah, kind of. Like, the the open world part is, uh, like, fairly straightforward. Like, not too hard. Like, there's, there's definitely areas of it that are very hostile. But mm. um, you can always run away uh, if you really want to. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's too bad that they, you know, you can't finish the game without going through the obscenely difficult parts of the game. Yeah. Like, like uh, honestly, like, the part I'm at right now is optional. Oh, okay. But also, it's like a, like, one of the most important characters in the, in the world. Mm. <laughs> so. But you could beat the final boss and see the credits without, uh, having to go I, through this area. I could. But I don't. I don't want to. I've spent like a hundred hours trying to get to the end of the game. Like I want to experience uh, most of what the game has to offer at this point. Oh, okay. But like I, I want to see what happens. <laughs> like I've I've already unlocked like four different endings mm. because I it, it, the way I understand it, the way the game works is like if you just blow through like all the required bosses and get to the end you get like a a generic ending um but if you do certain quest lines uh you get items that will let you change which ending you get Mm. so like i'm i'm pretty sure because i i married a witch uh that now i can get that witch's ending um so you get the romance ending yeah, basically, <laughs> I, I'm I am canonically married in Elden Ring. So, is that like in Fable where you get some like bullshit items and and then your spouse just complains about how much they hate your house and then one day you find them wandering around outside of another town and decide to just lead them down a trail where they get killed by bandits so you don't have to deal with them anymore, <laughs> but also you don't get penalized for murdering them. Is there anything like that, or no? In in this uh, um, slight spoilers for like the next twenty seconds, uh, you you basically fulfill all her wishes, and then she just fucks out of the universe for a bit. Um, and one of her followers, this fairy dude, uh, decides to try to kill you. Oh, <laughs> because because he was in love with her the whole mm. time. I, I think that's why. I, I'm not really sure. Nothing is ever 100% explained. Mm. And I'm I'm not going to read a million 
item descriptions to find out all the lore. Yeah. I mean, but George um, spent so much time writing that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Fucking George with his, uh... I was... What was the thing people... Isn't there, oh, like, yeah. a creature whose name is an anagram of George R. R. Martin or something? Or, like, the initials are the same initials? I don't know. It's very possible because everybody's name either starts with an R or an M. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very possible. Because mm. there's, like, oh... Um, I, I forgot what that character's name was that starts with an M. Was it Margit or Morgot or Moog or Malekith or mm. Malena or, or Melania or Michaela or Melina? Mm. <laughs> which, or some kind of a poop. Which, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I love Souls games, but they're very easy to take the piss out of by how cryptic they are. Mm. Um, anyway, Elden Ring is still really good, even if I hate it right now. Mm. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, I saw Jess, you said he also didn't like the game anymore, and it was moving on to Kirby. So, must just be That's one fair. of those things. I mean, what 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 especially sucks is that you can basically build your character in any number of ways, and the way I decided to build it was just to two-hand a big drill mm. <laughs> and then stab people until they bleed out. Um, and that that was fun for me until now. Because mm. so, so, I, I feel like it might be easier if I used like a shield or something, but I don't want to do that because shields are for pussies. Mm. Nope, nope, you just gotta dodge real good. Yep. I have to dodge uh, about three times faster than the game lets me dodge mm. to 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 beat um this one character. Yeah. Who who by the way has a second phase that is like three times worse than the first one. <laughs> mm. No, you just you gotta you know flip the switch on your controller to activate turbo mode so you can do turbo <clears throat> mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need I need, I need to get a Nintendo um, Turbo controller so I can dodge really fast. I need to get a game show. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, it, that that's enough about. Oh, wait, I I want to tell you one one thing about Elden Ring. Um, is that. I'm, I'm sure most people know this, but you can leave messages. Yeah, um, we've we've mentioned stu- you know on other Souls games about buttons yeah, and I, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I I just wanted to mention one of my favorites is that every every time you're around like a really tall ladder, mm. uh, there will be at least one message that says "snake, snake." <laughs> <laughs> Um. So yeah. Mm. Oh, and I, 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 there was one I did where it's like, um, 
uh, what was it? it? It was something like uh, nothing but dream, because like we're still in a dream, Snake Eater. Mm. What a thrill! I think that's what they were going for with darkness yeah. and silence for I, the night. Yeah, I don't think I don't think thrill was uh, one of the possible words you could pick, but if it was, I'm sure it would be. Yeah, there. I mean, if you could write "some days you eat feed on a tree frog," then somebody would have written that there. <laughs> but... They're like death frog enemies, so maybe there is a frog. Mm. Um, I, I haven't checked out the message. They, I, I've left one message um, in a place where it was easy to miss an item that was like behind a shack, mm. and that was the only one I left because I thought it would be helpful. Okay, so behind the shack, you wrote O'Neill. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Jay. <laughs> I mean, I guess, it, yeah, that probably wouldn't be in the dictionary unless there's a character named O'Neill. <coughs> but I guess you could write eel and see if anybody gets the like, shack eel. <laughs> Oh no, eel. Yeah, shack. Uh, so behind the shack, you write eel, O, like either O or OH, and then K N E E L, Neil. So behind the shack, you write eel, O, Neil. <laughs> and see if anybody gets it. But be, no, what, what you do is you write beware of shack, eel, uh, and then you do the kneeling emote. Okay. So it's like, Shaq Eel. Oh, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of want to make a Shaquille O'Neal build. Mm. I guess it would just... But too bad you can't change your height. Yeah. Or how big your hands are. Mm. Or just all thrown weapons. Well, <laughs> Shaq... Shaq can't shoot for shit, so... Okay. Uh, <laughs> you have all thrown weapons, but you have to miss with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you won't get that far from the game, but... But you will get a brand deal. <laughs> we'll have you for life. Uh, I don't... I, I think I'm done with Ellen Ring for now. Okay. Uh, well, alongside... Uh, Elden Ring has been uh, Kirby, new game that everybody is excited for when they need a break from Elden Ring. He's, he's the star of the show. Yeah. He's the name you should know by now. He's a uh, guy, what, 20? Yeah, he's about 20 years old. I think Kirby's Dreamland was 19, no, 30. He's, he's 30. Because Kirby's Dreamland was yes. 1992, I think. We're so, all old, yeah. Jade. Yep, so, uh, or no, I think Kirby's Adventure is 92. Uh, no. Okay, yeah, no, I think I think Kirby's Dreamland's 92, and I think Kirby's Adventure's 93. Um, yeah. Um, yep, so Kirby and the land of, I forget. Um, Before time. Yeah, yeah, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's a Kirby game, so it's really easy. I breezed through the whole thing. Uh, on regular mode, I didn't even have to set it on. There's an easy mode for some reason, I guess, for kids. But even then, I don't feel like you need it. It's not... even For actual like, toddlers? Even as, yeah, because even as Kirby games go, it's not hard. Um, 
you know, like, a, a couple, like, the very end, nah, I guess, yeah, like, some of the bosses can be kind of difficult, uh, but it doesn't take that long to figure out how to, especially, I think part of the problem is that, like, the game teaches you how to do everything except how to block and dodge, which is a thing you can do that I figured out pretty late in the game, because um, you can hold the L or R button to guard, which is a thing that, you know, Kirby games have done since Kirby Superstar, and they never tell you about it, it's just a secret thing you can do. <laughs> um, but in this game, you can also, while holding dodge, or holding guard, push the control stick, and now you dodge. Um, which I think is just like a, a short rolling dodge in most versions. I've mainly been using it with the final sword upgrade, where basically like when you do a dodge you turn into dust and get to move a pretty good distance so it's like a really effective like the, the final sword upgrade is just busted it's super strong um which makes it really good for killing bosses so it makes you a ninja um okay so spoilers for anyone who's like deep in the kirby lore and will consider this stuff spoilers um so, in, in the game, the, there's only, I think, maybe 12 power-ups you can get, uh, which is not a lot compared to you know, most Kirby games. I think even Kirby's Adventure had more than that. But, um, instead, the power-ups you get, you can collect scrolls, which you then take to a shop in the hub town, and um, can pay to get those abilities upgraded. And each one... Aside from sleep, which sleep only has one stage, which is just sleep, but it counts as one of the powers, so I guess there's really like 11 useful powers. And then another one is crash, which is a one-time use explosion, and it can be upgraded once to get a time crash, which is you basically go into slow-mo, and you run around, and everything you touch explodes and resets the timer, so you... you you can keep exploding things until you run out of things to explode. Um, That's pretty metal. You know, that one only has two, but the other abilities have at least three versions, and the third version is usually modeled after like whatever boss is associated with that power. So like the final hammer is a DDD version of the hammer. Um, the third version of sword is a Meta Knight sword that you get from uh, beating Meta Knight in the arena. But then after you beat after you beat the game, you unlock a secret world where you have to go collect the pieces of the final boss's soul so you can put him back together. And you do that by playing through like remixed versions of all the past worlds. And at the end of that, the final boss um, final stage of the final boss is Morpho Knight which is the Meta Knight concept art, which they turned into its own character a couple games ago, I think. Ah, uh, which one? I don't remember if Star Allies was the first one that did that, or if there was one before. But, yeah, Morpho Knight has been, like, the secret boss that they've done for the last couple games, and he's back in this one. And when you defeat him, you get a scroll to get the Morpho Knight sword as a weapon, which is the most busted item you can get in the game. Um, like, it's a sword, but also it shoots flames, and you can, like, charge it up, and it grows giant, and you, do, like, swing it for massive damage, and also when you dodge slide, you 
turn into little butterfly dust and fly, you know, it's pretty good distance for the dodge. So, yeah, it's it's really powerful. Um, nice. But can I have that in Elden Ring? Uh, you can try. I'm I'm sure someone could modify the game to put it in. Now I'm playing on PS4 because oh, apparently yeah they they don't P- allow PC Nintendo stuff was... on PlayStation. <laughs> I don't. Are any Dark Souls games on Nintendo consoles? I don't think so. Nah. Was, was, uh, if was Dark Souls Remastered released for Switch? Um, I, the first one, yeah, I think was because there's an amiibo of uh, the knight from that. Okay. But, Weird. yeah, I mean, anyway. probably, like, if, <laughs> it would have to be one of those cases, if they wanted to put it on Switch, it would be one of those games where you can, you, like, download part of it, but you have to be connected to the internet to play it, because part of the game is, like, a cloud service thing. Um, which they do yeah. for their high-power games, and also for Kingdom Hearts, because, I don't know. You'd think they could <laughs> just put Kingdom Hearts on Switch, but no, they got to do it in a cloud service thing. Yeah, it, it's it's a fucking PS2 game. It can't be that big. Yeah. But yeah, so Kirby, yeah, it's <clears throat> I mean, it, it's a fun game. It's the first time Kirby has been actually in 3D, because um, like Kirby 64 and even like all, I, well, I guess Kirby Air Ride was the first time he was able to move with an X, Y, and Z axis. Because um, Kirby 64, even though it's in 3D, is still a side-scroller. Same... F- well... I think 64 is the only time, up till now, that they did... It's It plays like a side-scroller, but the camera moves like a 3D game. Um, and now... So it's kind of like Paper Mario, where you can, like, switch uh, dimensions, kind of? Well, 64... It, like you're moving in a side scroller, you don't get to move the camera, but you do have like a depth of field, as you you'll like be running and the the pathway you're running on will curve toward the foreground or the background, but you're still moving in two dimensions effectively. Um, okay, I don't get it, but I'll I'll pretend that I do. <laughs> yeah, um, but Kirby and the Forgotten Land, it is a 3D game. But the camera is fixed, so in a lot of ways it feels more like a top-down control game. Like, you can jump and fly, sort of. Um, you know, the, the the Kirby flying thing, basically, he can, depending what height you were at when you jumped, you can fly up to that height and a little bit higher. So you can't infinitely fly up as high as you want. Uh, you have to like find yeah. a platform that's a little bit higher land on it and then jump and then you can be flying up higher and you can only flap your arms for so long before you run out of breath and have to land um sounds like sonic heroes yeah 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 it's something like that yeah it's because it's fixed camera uh fixed view so it plays like a top-down game that you can also jump in um which kind of didn't make it feel as much like a 3d game as i thought it would it feels more like I'm just playing like a 2D top-down game, um, mm. but or or like one of those uh, fighting games where you have like X and Y axis control, it, 
but you can also jump. Yeah, and where the camera, you know, you don't rotate the camera, and the camera rarely rotates on you. Like, only yeah. at, like, key like, moments when, you know, it's like, oh, you're running down a path, and then they want to show you that a boulder is following you, so the camera turns around. Yeah. So, is Kirby cute? Does he say Poyo? He's very cute. There's uh, parts of the game where, like, you're wandering around an abandoned carnival, and you find these lost ducklings, and they start following you around until you get back to their mother. So, nice. No, it's it's as adorable as you would want a Kirby game to be, even though he is in a post-apocalyptic Earth-like world. Um, yeah, I did. I did notice that, that about uh, a lot of the clips uh, I've seen. Yeah, I mean it. It it looks like a post-apocalyptic Earth, and it's revealed later. Like the final boss of the game, the final section of the game is like a secret lab, where you're told through like a mix of voice clips and like text that um, this like alien. It looks like a big-headed rodent kind of thing. Um, there's like this kind of flying squirrel guy who's your sidekick through the game. Um, and in terms of that, his name is like Elfilin, Elfilin, and he's like half of this alien thing because the the other half is like it's bigger and it's got like a big head, and you know it's like a brain alien kind of i don't know um it, it's in like a glass tube um it was discovered by the scientists on this earth-like world and used to make i think weapons and also it you know caused the apocalypse and it um ripped open holes to other dimensions and brought the dreamland characters in and they use them as, like, slave labor, because you see, like, a factory of Waddle Dees running in treadmills to power some kind of machine. Um, huh. And the, I don't know if there were ever humans in this world. There were definitely talking animals, because the leader is this big, muscular lion guy. Uh, and I think I think they said like he used to be able to talk to the other animals, but they stopped being able to understand him when the alien thing basically it made him talk English instead of talking like beasts. So he got like smarter. Um, and it, it's his soul that you have to recover in the post game because after you beat him, the alien thing breaks out of its glass tube and turns into a giant blob monster and absorbs him and a bunch of other creatures and turns into this big oozy blob thing that chases you down a hallway and then um you go up to the roof of the building and the blob thing turns into basically shadow the hedgehog um it's you know described as like the ultimate chaos life form and it's you know like an angsty um kind of like rodent looking thing with big angel ear wings and a spear and it flies around and does you know the whole final fantasy boss shit of just trying to kill you with big energy blasts um and then when you beat it uh you do some quick time events where uh, it like rips a hole open in the universe and tries to make 
Kirby's planet crash into this planet. And to defeat him, Kirby sucks up a big Mack truck and is driving on buildings <laughs> as they're falling through the sky. And you're like jumping from building to building so you can ram your big Mack truck into this, you know, Shadow the Hedgehog guy. And Jade, I have a very important question. Yeah. Is this the medalist Kirby it, game? It absolutely it is so ridiculous. It when you crash your big <laughs> truck into this Shadow the Hedgehog Chaos God guy, the screen go you know, like you become silhouettes and the screen is just like bright yellow. It looks like that time Captain Falcon punched Black Shadow so hard that the universe exploded. If you've ever seen that nice. clip. So yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's the most anime finale a Kirby game has ever done. Awesome. Yeah. I I kind of want to play it now. I've 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 played Kirby games before, but they've never really interested yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it it is very easy. I think I beat the story in like 2 or 3 days and that was also because I was working, so I couldn't be playing it all the time. I could probably beat the whole thing in a day or two depending how focused i am you know after a while you kind of just want to stop but there's only six worlds to the main story and then there's you know the post-game remix world so it's a little light compared you know most kirby games have eight worlds and this one's only got six but it does have like side things to do you unlock these like mini game events where you know, it's like testing your abilities with, like, ha- you have, like, a time limit, and you have either one of the mouthful mode, you know, the, like, the car, or the the hoop that, you know, lets you shoot air or whatever, or one of your power-ups. You, you have, like, an obstacle course, you know, short thing, testing your ability with the power, and if you beat it within the time limit, you get the, like, coins and stars that you get to use to upgrade your powers. So how, how much um, Mario Odyssey is in this game? Because that's all I heard about people's like, it's the Kirby version of Super Mario Odyssey. I mean, the camera doesn't rotate, so it doesn't feel as open world as Mario Odyssey. It's not even an open world, really. It is it is still, like, typical linear Kirby levels. It's just, you know, it feels more like you're playing in a top-down game than it is a side-scrolling game, but... It, it's not open world exploration like Mario. It's more like almost like a Lego game where it's like you're going around areas, you'll have you know some items or like side objectives hidden in areas that you have to complete to save more of the Waddledees. And the more Waddledees you save, the more the hub town gets upgraded with new features. Um, but. But yeah, it's like you'll you know complete this small section, and then you go through a door to the next section. You can't backtrack. It's not an open world. It's it is just like linear levels. Okay, I was just curious because I heard that comparison a lot, and I don't really have much reference for yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think that's overblown. I mean, is you know it it it's kind. I guess because it is that, like, top-down 3D, it feels more open than past Kirby games, but playing it, it it felt like just another Kirby game to me. 
It's fun for being another Kirby game, but I don't think it's that big of an innovation on the formula. Yeah, I from everything I've seen of Kirby games, they all, they all do just look like Kirby games. Uh, like with the the only thing differentiating it is like I can tell what console it's on. Yeah, I mean I'd say like Kirby games going back to Return to Dreamland on Wii have done kind of the new Super Mario Brothers thing of using the same art style and models in every game. Uh, I think, like, they, they've done more to change it up than New Super Mario Brothers has. Like, you know, that series, like, they'll add, like, one new power-up, but otherwise, visually, they look exactly the same. Um, and, you know, these Kirby games, like, they all use the same, like, uh, kind of, you know, cute, simple 3D models. Um... You know, they don't have, like, games prior to that, like, you can, if you look at, like, Kirby Dreamland 3 and Kirby Superstar, they look completely different. You know, Kirby Superstar has, like, you know, darker, more outlined sprites, whereas Dreamland 3 has kind of, like, a painting style to it. Um, even, like, like, Kirby's epic yarn is, you know, completely different. It's all yarn stuff. Um, oh, yeah, Kirby's epic yarn is, the, like, the one... The one that I, I didn't think of that uh, does look like entirely different, yeah. just because of the the concept. Uh, yeah, because yeah, there was like Epic Yarn, and then there was uh, Rainbow Curse on Wii U was a sequel to Canvas Curse, but they did it all in a claymation style. Um, but yeah, like Kirby games, there are a lot of similarities to the ones before uh, Return to Dreamland. But also, they, they do things that, like, if you show me a screenshot from one, I can probably tell which one it is. Where, from Return to Dreamland onward, I would only be able to tell the difference based on what features are in it. Or if there's, um, you know, something about the... Because they do change the setting in a way that, like, the Mario games don't. Um, like, Return to Dreamland was a kind of a standard Kirby game. It, it's all on Dreamland. Um, Kirby Triple Deluxe was, he, you know, there's, there's a magic beanstalk, and he goes up the beanstalk, and all the worlds are, like, set in the clouds, but they have, still have different environments to them. Um, Planet Robobot was, he goes to space, and there's more of a focus on, like, robots and cities and machines and stuff. Um, Star Allies was like first worlds on dreamland and then the second one expands to more of dreamland and then he goes into space and then he goes to like another planet uh so that one had like an expanding scope to it and now forgotten land is he gets isekai'd into another dimension that's like an earth-like post-apocalypse world and is in a top-down 3d perspective but otherwise, the models still all feel like the same, which is probably easier on the developers. I guess they don't have to remake all the the sprites and animations. Kirby is always Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just around with shoes. Yep. Yep, and now he can expand to you know half eat but not swallow cars and other objects 
so people can do memes about that. Also, there's a new yeah. Cheetah Girl character who has kind of a bust, so of course there's a lot of porn of her now. Hot. Yeah. And she's a cat girl. Cool. Yep, yeah. yeah, there's a Cheetah Girl. Her name is Claralyn. It, it's like Carolyn, <laughs> but with a claw. That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder what her name is in Japanese. I'm curious. Mm. I, I I would not n- not not curious enough to. Yeah, look I mean, I don't know enough Japanese to understand what pun they made it in. In that, it'd probably just be something cat related. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So, other topics I have. Let's see. I finished Halo Infinite. Um. Got cool. Thoughts on? I guess since we're doing video games, I might as well get that one out of the way because the other things I have are all movies or TV. Yeah, Um, yeah. so Halo Infinite is, I mean, as a game, it's pretty good. As a story, it's not what I was expecting from Halo 6, and I had to do some reading afterward to find out, you know, that my memory wasn't as faulty as I thought it was, that there really is just a bunch of stuff that happened between games off-screen and not in another game or a book. They just didn't know where to go from the ending of five i guess so they did like a time skip and now some stuff has happened and now six is happening so that i guess it's supposed to be kind of like a soft reboot like the game introduces you to a new cortana who by the end of the game is seemingly chosen she goes by the weapon throughout the game but it seems like by the end of the game she's going to be going by cortana so there's just there is a new cortana now um, and also you have a pilot, and then they, you know, give him a name by the end of the game, and I've already forgotten what it was. It was something Spanish. He has a very heavy Spanish Dan accent. Dan Jaren. Um, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, but, but yeah, because at the end of, ha- like, Halo, f- Halo 4 is the one where, um, the Forerunner, well, there's, like, one Forerunner villain who comes back. And Cortana was already dying, so she sacrifices herself to stop this bad guy. So Cortana's dead by the end of 4. And then in 5, Chief realizes she might still be alive, and he goes looking for her, and the story gets really convoluted because they bring in a lot of characters from the books, and there's, like, two teams of characters doing things, and by the end of the game, Cortana is revealed to, yes, she has come back, but she's a bad guy now because the forerunner reclaimer something something is made it so she, like she can take over the universe to make a better universe for AIs is the advancement over human life or some I don't know. Um, it, it basically has like an Empire Strikes Back ending where like the good guys are on the ropes um, and Cortana's now a bad guy and doing stuff and things um and that was back in 2015 that that came out and now here we are well i guess it was 2021 like late 2021 that the game came out so like six years later finally got a sequel um and they didn't know what to do and they must have gotten some blowback about how complicated the plot was in five because they simplified it a lot it's like the game now infinite it starts out 
chief is defeated by a brute chieftain named Atriox, who's a leader of like a brute, uh, like a covenant splinter group called the Banished, which I guess was a thing in Halo Wars 2, but I looked into it and Halo Wars 2's story doesn't really tell you anything that you need to know for this game aside from the banished RF action of Covenant that exists and they're led by a guy named Atriox. Um, so the the prologue of the game starts off with Chief getting beaten by this Atriox guy and thrown out of a ship and he's floating in space for I don't know months or something before he's picked up by the pilot who's one of your sidekicks throughout the game. Um, a guy who we spend way too much time getting into his, like, personal drama about being separated from his family, who I think are dead, if I remember right. I, I don't know. I don't care. Good. Um, but we just, he's, he's supposed to be, like, the human character that you care about, so we spend a lot of time getting to know him, and all of his, like, you know, panicking over how crazy everything is that's going on, because there's another Halo... I, I I guess it's just I think it's one of the original Halos that didn't get blown up. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's another Halo. Um, it's been taken over by these banished guys who've defeated whatever human forces were on there. And part of the game, like the game, ends up becoming like an open world. Um, almost it feels like an Ubisoft game. Like there's just a lot of like little side tasks on the map, and I. Oh no, that yeah, bad, huh? I skipped pretty much all of them, and as a result, when I beat the last story level, it popped up and said, "Rare achievement unlocked. You beat the game in under eight hours." Um, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't do any of the bullshit. <laughs> so the the game actually isn't that long. They just literally padded it out with random. Yeah, bullshit. there's just you know, there's these they call them like fobs, you know, forward operating bases. And it, it's just these, yeah. like, areas that are, you know, controlled by Covenant, and if you go up to one and you kill all the Covenant there, then you unlock it as a human base that is also, like, a waypoint that you can fast travel to, and you can get vehicles delivered to you from there. Um, and, you know, then once you unlock a fob, now a bunch of other tasks pop up that's like rescue the soldiers over here and find the cool weapon over here and i didn't care about any of that so i didn't do it um i did like one of them but otherwise i, I didn't bother to do any of the later ones um also fairly early in the game i got my, my favorite vehicle is the ghost because it's like a one man um you know it, it, like a lot of the like the human vehicles uh, I find them a little hard to steer, but, you know, like, the, the ghost, it, it just, it moves like you're moving as, like, a person. Like, you can just push forward and then stop, and there's no momentum, really, to deal with. And, like, the direction you're pointing in is the direction you're shooting in. You don't need a backseat gunner like you do in a warthog. Um, so I got a ghost, and I named it Casper. And we drove all the way up to the top of a tower. Is it and, friendly? Yeah, yeah, he was he was a friendly ghost. We we drove all the way up to the top of a tower and shot everyone in it, and then the tower exploded and we drove out of it and he survived the crash. And nice. then I captured a fob and he vanished because he was in the drop zone of the fob, I guess, and so they just removed it. And so 
Casper ascended to oh, heaven. Lame. And and then I, you know, focused on the story and didn't really have to do a lot of vehicle traveling to get through that. Um, well, actually, I think I think the, the, there were parts of the story I did have to do a lot of traveling, but by then I was able to get flying vehicles. You know, like a Covenant Banshee would come shooting at me, I'd shoot it with an electrical weapon to stun it and then throw the pilot out and then fly off. And I could just fly straight to whatever waypoint I need to get to. Not deal with all the travel bullshit. That's like me playing mercenaries like 20 years ago. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so so you go to this new Halo and first order of business is you have to go find the weapon who is the new Cortana who doesn't know she's basically a clone of, you know, a cloned AI of Cortana. She was made to contain the original Cortana who sometime prior to the game off screen, you see it in like flashbacks. Cortana came to this Halo and had some kind of standoff against Atriox, and then Chief used the weapon to seemingly kill Cortana, but enough of her is still floating around the data of the system that she can do mysterious whispering to you throughout the game until she says her piece at the end and dies. Um, but now we have a new Cortana, so whatever, I guess. Um... And, yeah, and also Atriox apparently died sometime between that prologue scene and uh, when you actually get to start playing the game. So, f for some reason, yeah, they, they start off with you being shown, oh, this is the big bad guy, you're gonna have to fight him sometime. Actually, no, he's dead. Uh, his underling is the main boss now, kind of. Um, this, this guy, Eshirum, I think, he's just another brute. And all the brutes do, they just, they go off on long rants bragging about how powerful they are and how they're going to kill everything. And sometimes you have to listen to their long rants and sometimes you can just push the elevator button and move on without listening to the hologram ramble on about the brutes and how they're going to kill everything. And, um, yeah, so you do like a lot of exploring and chasing plot points uh, turns out there's a new alien type that's gonna be, I guess, the next Flood, probably, because, it's, you know, every one of these Halos, that they always follow the same idea of, like, you're fighting one villain, but oh no, there's another villain, um, and they haven't really been scary since the Flood. Like, the Flood was a surprising and scary thing in Halo 1, that it's like, oh, you think you're fighting aliens, but now you're fighting aliens, and these zombie spore things that can just turn everyone into fungus zombies. Um, Halo 4, because the Flood were gone, instead of that, they had the the Forerunner constructs, which are just like robot dogs and robot birds. So the surprise new enemy is these robot things that introduce like robot weapons. Um, and that's pretty much this game too like you, you once you progress far enough you're fighting not just covenant banished guys but also uh sentinels which just like fly around and shoot you with laser beams um but there's some i don't remember what the name it's like the zalanin is a new alien type that they're teasing for 
I don't know if they're going to make another game, if it's going to be an expansion to Halo Infinite, because they're talking about this game like it's going to be a 10-year live service game, even though people are already dropping off of it because there's not enough content. Um, uh, they're, they're all going to be 10 years until they die after two. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where Halo Infinite's at. People are already losing interest because they're not putting out content fast enough for it. Um, so... Yeah, but there, there's, like, the second main boss is this alien, who I guess is one of the Zalanin, named the Harbinger, who's trying to unleash the rest of her species from the containment units on the ring. So after you, def your pilot sidekick gets kidnapped, um, and also there's this, like, Cortana 2, you, well, Chief, um is worried that she's going to turn on everyone the way Cortana 1 did. So at one point he tries to delete her and she kind of resents him for that until they get over it because um, the pilot sidekick gets kidnapped and they have to go rescue him. Uh, and that's when you have your showdown with Eshram and you kill him. And then you go to the final area and have to go have a fight with the Harbinger. Um, and the only thing I can tell about these aliens that makes them stand out is that they can basically teleport she does that kind of zigzaggy like you know teleport to a spot and then to another spot and then to another spot so it takes a few shots before you actually hit um because sometimes it's just like rapid dodging out of the way um but yeah uh yeah so i beat her and then uh, you have a you know cortana exposits at you about stuff and then after the credits, there's a scene uh, revealing Atriox is actually still alive, and he's going to release the rest of the Zalanin, I guess. But I still don't know what that means at this point, so whatever. <laughs> I bet. So it's like, oh, here's the big bad. Oh, no, wait. Oh, he's yeah. Actually, yeah, he's, not, he's no. dead, and they tell you many times throughout the game, well, Atriox is dead, but we're going to live up to, we're going to honor his memory by killing you in his name. And he's actually still alive. That's dumb as shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Halo story has always been kind of bullshit and, you know, relied on, like, stuff that happened off screen or, like, even the stuff that happens on screen, they explain it in such weird terms that you just have to kind of get a feel for what it is, but Infinite feels. It's in in the events that are happening in the game, it feels a lot more simplified than other ones. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that happened off-screen between games that made me feel like there was a game that I missed. And I had to look into it to find out, no, I didn't miss a game. They just jumped the story ahead because they didn't know how to resolve the whole evil Cortana plot. Or didn't want to have you have a big boss battle against Cortana or something, so they just you know, skipped it ahead and said, oh, actually, so after Cortana uh, went evil and took control of the giant robot guardians, she then went and confronted this Atriox guy and blew up his home planet, and so he and Revenge, I don't know what he did, because it was the weapon that killed slash contained or something, Cortana. So, I don't know. He, he got mad, and he did stuff, and they argued and stuff, 
and then Cortana got killed, but was still lingering around for the entirety of this game, just so you could get some closure on that, I guess. That That is weird, because you, you, you'd think, like, a big boss battle against Cart- Cortana would be, like, the thing they would push for. It seems like... Cause the, that's like a moment. Yeah, it feels like that's what... Because when Halo 4 came out, they said... This is the start, you know, Halo 1, 2, and 3 are a trilogy, and this is the start of a new trilogy that we're calling the Reclaimer Trilogy. So Halo 4 was the one where Cortana sacrifices herself, and then Halo 5 is the one where she comes back and they say, actually, the whole thing about Chief being the Reclaimer, um, Cortana was really the Reclaimer. Um, and I, from what I've read, Reclaimer, you know, if, if you read the books, means a whole bunch of stuff that isn't really explained in the games. But going on the games alone, like, it, it's kind of a cool twist. It's like, oh yeah, Cortana was there too, and she's the one who stole the key to be able to activate or shut down a Halo. So actually, she's the one who's the heir to all this Forerunner technology. And now she's the big bad, and so six... I assume in the original plans would probably have been focused on that, but they just couldn't, you know, figure out a way to do that, I guess, and the plans changed and they wanted to make a big open world live service game, so they, you know, rolled over whatever story plot points they needed to conclude that storyline and did like a soft reboot thing with Infinite to say like, well, okay, so there's a new Cortana now. The old Cortana's resolved. There's some new bad guys now. They're Covenant again. I know we made a treaty with them in Halo 3, but these guys are a splinter group, so that's why they're against you. Um, And also there's some mysterious new bad guy that... I I don't know. The the game was fine, but the story just... uh, Whatever, I guess. Sounds like nonsense. Yeah. Like, just... Like, sci-fi nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, like, as Halo games go, like, 1, 2, and 3 probably had the best story. ODST has the best atmosphere. Um, Reach is decent. 4 is a you know, decent, like, epilogue to the trilogy. 5 is so confusing, unless you're, like, deep into the book lore. And Infinite is just you know, a fun open-world Halo game that has kind of a half-assed story to it. Yeah, like, this is why um, a lot of franchises shouldn't last past ten years. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because it, it, like, it always gets to this point, doesn't it? Like, Mm. Like what? What? What's even happening anymore? Like why? Why should we care? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it gets convoluted, and then they try to simplify it to get the new audiences to come in. They haven't gotten to the point where they've you know done an in-universe canon reset to you know like a DC crisis to try to reset things back to the way people know. Even though I mean, the, yeah, they're, they're doing that Marvel style right now, where they're not going to technically reset the timeline. But they are kind of resetting things back to the status quo that people remember. 
What, so the the regular universe and the ultimate universe, or it's just, like, literally colliding into each other? Well... That doesn't count as a reason. Yeah, they, they haven't hit a multiverse thing yet, although that might happen with the Halo TV show. Because that's another topic I have, is the first episode of the Halo TV show is up for free for, like, a week. Um, so I watched it, and it's a different continuity completely. Um, it has, like, similar characters and ideas, but it's not the same story as Halo. The, the Chevy Tahoe is the key to saving both universes. Mm. Yeah, that, that's why the Chevy Tahoe is there. <laughs> because it, it's the outlier in the, the time streams. It allows you to travel between the universes. I, I, I love when... Um, companies try to like justify product placement mm. i didn't notice the tahoe because I, I wasn't looking for it while watching the show but um yeah because the show's plot is that uh let's see okay so it starts off on like a human colony world where a bunch of people are like at a bar and they're talking about how um they you know, it it's before the Covenant have started attacking anything, or I get you find out the Covenant have been attacking things at this point, but the, the people on this colony world don't know about that yet. So for them, um, you know, they see the UNSC as this like oppressive Earth-based regime that's you know trying to put their foot down on the colonies and claim you know all the space oil that uh, this colony is producing. <laughs> Um, and the, the colony wants to keep its, you know, resources to itself and be independent. And uh, you know, the, so like they're, they're telling stories about like the UNSC Spartan warriors, the, these like scary super soldiers that they send to go quell rebellions. And, um, and then the, uh, the, there's like the daughter of the, um, the town mayor leader whatever she she and some friends are off wandering around the outskirts of town and get attacked by the covenant aliens and um then you know they all come run screaming back to town and everyone's like oh no the unsc was actually trying to protect us from these scary aliens we should have let them call on you know you control or <laughs> i don't know the the show's stance on colonialism flip-flops a couple times it's like it starts off as like oh colonial these colonialist bastard military they're trying to control us it's like oh no they were actually protecting us from these scary aliens the rumors were true they weren't you know propaganda that they made up um but then you know when the unsc later on they end up actually like they are bastards but also they are protecting people from these aliens like, i don't know um yeah that 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 sounds like when a show has a character be paranoid. Yeah. But then, like at the end, it turns out they were right. So, like all the all the stupid shit they did when they were paranoid turns out to be justified. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It gets it's written like, off. They do some both sides in political stuff. Um, but yeah, because uh, yeah, so they get attacked by these aliens, and then uh, like Master Chief and the Spartans show up to fight off the aliens but then everyone except for this daughter character dies in the combat and the spartans are you know, going to go just leave 
and keep hunting more aliens, but end up taking her along. Um, like Chief basically takes her on a one of those like pelican carrier ships to fly back to Reach, because this is early in the Halo story and Reach still exists. Um, so he's flying her back to Reach, but uh, yeah, she still doesn't trust Spartans. Uh, broken up over everyone she knows having just died and the UNSC people they try to have her become part of their propaganda to convince the other colony worlds to uh, accept UNSC control so they can be protected from these aliens that are suddenly showing up and killing everyone and she refuses so they try to kill her by like shutting off the oxygen well at first they try to tell chief to kill her and Chief decides he doesn't want to, because he's starting to question his orders. So then they shut off the oxygen to the ship and try to kill him, and or try to kill her, and um, you know get Chief just unconsciousness. But he overrides that, and so basically he's gone rogue trying to protect this girl that the UNSC wants to kill, and. And then there's even in the UNSC there's kind of a splintering because like dr halsey's the one who's behind the spartan program and she wants her spartans to capture master chief alive and the unsc leader wants chief dead or alive um so i don't know it's, it it just it feels huh. like it as a sci-fi story it's fine as a halo story it feels weird how faithful it is visually to halo but how much the story is like, you know, like, like Chief isn't, you know, completely loyal to, to the UNSC, but him questioning them didn't really become a thing until after the Covenant War in the games. So they're kind of d jumping ahead on that. And also they're like pulling in these elements that they're like mentioned in like the booklets for the backstory of the games, but they're more of a thing in like the novels. The whole idea of like, that the Spartans were created to quell human rebellions, and then conveniently this big alien invasion happened, and suddenly, oh, we have all these super soldiers ready. I guess we can deploy them to fight uh, these guys who are a threat to all of humanity instead of humans just fighting humans. Um, but, I don't know. Like, it was fine, but I, I don't feel like I care enough to keep watching. Also... To earn this girl's trust, Chief takes his helmet off, and he's just such a bland-looking dude, and he doesn't put his helmet back on after, and it just doesn't feel like... <laughs> every time you see him without a helmet, he doesn't feel like Chief. And it feels... He's like, just Jeff over here in green armor. Yeah, yeah, he's just, you know, regular human guy in this big, bulky suit of power armor, and it feels... Uh, it's like, did anybody who made the show watch The Mandalorian and realize that people <laughs> like it when your hero, who is known for being masked, keeps their mask yeah. on? Master Chief's real name is Dan DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> that it's like, you can read emotions in... Like, I, I could read his emotions better when he's wearing the helmet than I can when he's not. Because when you see a human face, it's just... Okay, he looks like everyone else. <laughs> Yes. Also, Boba Fett probably should have mm. kept his helmet on in Book of Boba Fett, and then people would have liked that show better. 
I I don't I don't know. It wouldn't have fixed everything, but it might have helped. It it would have fixed a little, maybe. I mean, he he would have had it off like the whole time in the flashbacks anyway. Yeah, yeah, and like and that would make sense because that's the time when he's the most vulnerable. But when you know he's back running the palace, he should have kept the helmet on yeah. the whole time. Because I mean, like he's trying if he's trying to be a crime boss, he should look more intimidating than like a a fifty year old man. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Tamara Morrison is an actor, but I don't know that he's that big of an actor that you need to show his face and remind him, you know, remind audiences that he's the one there. And if anything, I think Pedro Pascal has probably been in more big name stuff, and they keep yeah. him asked all the time, aside from. A, couple very important scenes when he takes it off right that that just reminds me of like every superhero movie where like even if they're wearing a mask they take it off um for like the, oh, the yeah. half the climax yeah and they especially they, they did that in power stuff, rangers yeah <laughs> they did that in power rangers too like they had the front of the mask open up mm. at the end like even though these are people you don't give a shit about <laughs> mm. Yeah, should we talk about both of the... Because pa- I know last episode yeah. was when I made a mention of Ivan Ooze, so we decided to watch... Like, I, I watched it, I think, the yeah. next day, so it's been two weeks since I last watched the motion picture. It, I first watched that movie 25 years ago, and I've remembered every bit of it yeah. since then, but so... Like, <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, because I watched it, like, two weeks ago, I still... You'll remember it. And then you just watched the new one, which I haven't seen yeah, since I, the year it came out. I watched both of them. Mm. Um, All I remember the of one... the new one is that we spend a lot of time with them before they are rangers. And after they're rangers, they have yeah. to get to the Krispy Kreme because that's where Goldar is. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so... Um... I have a confession. Mm. I skipped through over half the movie because it was just so uninteresting. I I watched like the fucking around a canyon for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I I watched like 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 the first twenty minutes, and then I was like, okay, this is terrible. I'm gonna fast forward Mm. until I see um, Power Ranger armor. Yeah, Um, and that so I fast forwarded like an hour. And and Billy like must have half transformed that one moment. Yeah, and that's when I, I think started that's when they again. discovered the morphers for the first time. Yeah, he like half transformed, and then he didn't figure out how to, how he did that. Yeah, um, like, they try to do the superhero origin story thing of spending yeah, way too much dumb. time setting up the people in their human lives that we don't care about before they yeah. get the powers and do the stuff. Like, like Jason is the biggest douchebag yeah. <laughs> in the world. Like the these aren't teenagers with attitude. It's like one teenagers with two one... attitude. <laughs> it, it's it's like one asshole um, and like one autistic guy. Um, which, by the way, they play that up way more than is comfortable. Mm. Um, and then, uh, what was there, like an angsty girl who just hangs around a canyon yeah. because that's what you do in this town? Yeah. Yeah, the, like, Kimberly was like nothing. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, what's her name? Trina. 
It, it was training yeah. in the original. I don't know if they changed it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. I just forgot because who the fuck cares? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like she was just hang. She just hung around until everybody else got there, and then she was like, "I guess I'm part of the crew now." Mm. <laughs> and there was Adam. Yeah. Yeah, I think who. Yeah, because it was also Zach was, was the Black Ranger in the original, but Adam was the Black Ranger in by the time they got to the motion picture. Okay, so it was probably Zach in in this one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He he is the he he does the least in the movie, so mm. nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think um, in the motion picture, the Red Ranger was Rocky. Which I only remember because of the video game yeah. like that. That every time I play that, it's like, oh yeah, the Red Ranger isn't Jason anymore. Yeah, they they replaced the red, the yellow, and the black rangers. Yeah, halfway through. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen like bits and pieces of the show. Yeah, I I don't remember like why they replaced him in the story. Um like, I know behind the scenes there were, like, contract disputes. Yeah, and I think one of them died in a car crash. That's sad. Yeah. Um, but we got Johnny Young Bosch out of it, so that's cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and my favorite armor <laughs> was always the White Ranger, so it's cool that they had yeah. that in the motion picture. And it, they didn't it, have it, it in was the cool remake, that, so whatever. It was cool that they jacked him off so much in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Tommy can do no wrong. Yeah, yeah, like, and we don't. Everyone else, everyone else gets beats up, gets beaten up um, at some point in the movie, except Tommy. Yeah, who just does spin kicks until he wins. Yeah, and and we don't have to do any character setup. Our character setup is they're jumping out of an airplane, and then they go rollerblading, <laughs> and, and that's all the character <laughs> setup we need for these people. <laughs> They they jump out an airplane to, to ZZ Top or some shit. Yeah, yeah and then they're, they're just they're rollerblading down the street, and then yeah. uh, a construction site digs up Ivan Ooze. Oops, and um, Ivan Ooze is the only like super great thing about the movie. Yeah, yeah, and then Zordon gets killed, and they don't have morph powers, so they have to go to another planet with a hot lady who teaches them how to be animal ninjas or something. Yeah. I I lied. Um the hot lady is also a great thing about the movie. Mm. Yep. She she is wearing like almost nothing and I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, she's like battle druid bikini doing ninja stuff and and gives them all their animal medals so they can get different morphers so we can sell different toys. And then we have a big mech fight against Ivanus's big blob mechs. It looks terrible, but whatever. It, it's fine. Yeah, it was, it was 19, 1995. Yeah. yeah, 1995, not huge budget, I imagine. Like they it looks worse than Beast Wars. Mm. Yeah, but no, it was a kids' movie. Like I remember from the time the commercials for like McDonald's toys when it was out. So that that's it was all about the toys. Yeah, I mean that that was the whole thing from the the start of it. Yeah, it was like, okay, how can we make a cheap show and sell a lot of toys? Okay, we'll take half the footage from this Japanese show that we can just buy the rights to. Yeah, because nobody in America cares. Yeah, yeah, it was 
you know, very early internet days, most people watching wouldn't even know what this is based on. Yeah. And like, I, I think like even the, even the new villains from the movie are, are just like, um, like standard enemies from other seasons of, uh, Sentai shows. Mm. Like the, the Tengu, the, Oh, the, yeah, the bird the crows. sidekick things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want us to go back and take another crack at it? No, but you can take another quack at it. Boom, kills them all. <laughs> yeah, they, they'd make a lot of quips. It's like, anytime they're doing a fight, I guess because they can just dub them over, they, they make a quip about, like, every kill that they make. Yeah. <laughs> Ivan News is the fucking best. Mm. Like I, I wish we could. I wish we could get more villains like Ivan News that are just like loving existing. Mm. Yeah, just like, not a, not everything has to be so serious. Yeah, because yeah. like it's it's fucking Power Rangers. Like you you don't need Rita in like skin tight armor going to fucking Krispy Kreme. Yeah, um, you could yeah. just have. Salieri uh, playing a pink guy with the spiral beard saying like really goofy shit out loud yeah with passion yeah no the 2017 movie was trying to be like the Marvel movies or the DC movie you know trying to like be a serious action movie based on this very cheesy property where like yeah the 1995 movie was like it, it everyone knew the series was cheesy and they just made a movie length version of an yeah. episode yeah it it was the 90s you can be you could be sincere and cheesy at the same time without yeah like it, it like, was around the same time as at, batman forever it be ironic yeah like batman forever would be similar in like, they hadn't gone as heavy on the cheese as Batman and Robin yet, but, like, Jim Carrey Riddler um, is, like, occasionally a little sinister, but mostly really campy. Yeah, he's just Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like, even uh, Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face is just, like, shooting in the air and cackling out loud. And I, I mean, we do have Jim Carrey back as Dr. Robotnik now, so we've got the Sonic movies <laughs> carrying true. the campy fun action movie torch i still haven't watched those i, I mean the second or i don't know if the, the second the one. one's in theaters yet i haven't seen I, it or i don't think so like I'll, I'll probably catch it i don't think i'll see it in theaters i'll just wait um oh speaking of theaters should we yeah. say anything about morbius the movie that nobody really cares to see but it's out now <laughs> um i so I, I i said this in uh the media box already but i i think Morbius is literally just an April Fool's joke because Jared Leto is hmm. still method acting as the Joker. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they must have had because we know Sony has a bunch of projects that, like for spinoffs that they've been trying to do, and most of them make no sense because they don't know what they're doing. They just see a name and they see a dollar sign next to it because it's based on Spider-Man. So they probably just laid them all out on the table and asked Jared Leto which one he'd want to do, and he decided to pick the vampire <laughs> one because he's yeah, already he a human vampire one. anyway. 
Yeah, of course, of course, he would pick the edgiest one, right? Yeah. Like Morbi, like, do you want to be Morbius, the living vampire? It's like, yeah, look at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just I guess probably because Jared Leto just had the time. That's why that one got made. Like Venom, obviously, because Venom is a big enough name to get a movie made. But I yeah. assume more be- Morbius being the next spinoff they did was just because Jared Jared Leto wanted to do it and was free to do it. Um, and from the sound of it, Craven is probably the next one that will come together because they have actors for it now. Even even Craven though is like he's like a I'd say he's like a B list. Uh, spider-man villain yeah yeah he's, like, he's like as a, generally a member of the sinister six and even yeah. as a solo thing you can do something with like a guy whose gimmick is that he wants a really good hunt against a powerful opponent like yeah hey, yeah you just have him hunting something or like, someone him... that is like a worthy hunt and then he sees spider-man on the tv at the end and there's your lead in to crossover like you could even have him hunt like the rhino oh uh, yeah like yeah if be, you wanted to that'd be cool because that that actually makes sense yeah um like if you want to set up for a, a sinister six that has nothing to do with no way home well okay so did you see the credit scene from morbius mm-hmm. Vulture was included, right? That's the one that was been rumored for like two years. Yeah, well, yeah, because we saw Vulture. Well, we saw Michael Keaton show up in the trailer, and nobody knew how or why he was there because the Morbius movie doesn't happen in the MCU. Um, so in the credits there are two scenes. Uh, the mid-credit scene is that Adrian Toomes. Apparently, when the rift happened in No Way Home, he was somehow pulled into this universe which may or may not be either the andrew garfield or toby Maguire. we don't know you know i guess it is confirmed that a spider-man exists but we don't know which one if it's an existing one or a new one but i i hope it's tom hardy and he gets to play both peter parker and eddie brock Mm. (laughs) but um yeah so adrian tombs is in this universe and he's in prison but he because he's not actually a criminal who's committed any crimes in this universe, he's going to be released from prison. Um, which seems weirdly clunky, but whatever. Um, so, the, yeah, the main credit scene is he, he is now in this universe and he's about to be released from prison. And then the post credit scene is Morbius driving through the desert and then he comes to a stop because he sees something flying through the air toward him. And, you know, defensively, you know, unleashes his claws like he's going to fight him. Um, And the the thing lands and it's Vulture in a new Vulture suit that he's built. Um, (laughs) And Vulture says, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm still getting used to it. I think it's got something to do with Spider-Man. Anyway, I think we should put together a team that can do some good. And Morbius is like, tell me more. (laughs) So... That is the setup for, I guess, Sinister Six featuring Vulture and Morbius as some kind of Sinister Six because uh, they're, uh, I don't know, a Suicide Squad? Who knows? Uh, no. 
<laughs> that sounds dumb. Yep. Like, first of all, who wants Jared Leto in a movie? Uh, <laughs> second of all, mm. um, why? Because Sony. Yeah, because Sony does Sony not is... understand you know, what the Sinister Six are about. They just know it's a big name, and they know that supervillain teams are a viable concept for a superhero movie. And they want to make one happen so they can make money. Yeah, and they don't have the rights to a superhero team, so they're going to make a supervillain team and turn them into heroes, apparently. I guess. <laughs> Anti-heroes. Yeah. I mean, even though you'd think after No Way Home, they'd have a better idea of like, oh, the, su- the Sinister Six are six villains who want to fight Spider-Man. And even though we yeah. can't really do the MCU Spider-Man without Marvel's input... We have these two other Spider-Man kicking around, so we could just do Ooh. some stuff with them if we wanted to set that up. Who are obviously both willing to uh, reprise their roles. Yeah, yeah. at least for... You know, uh, I mean, it seems... Yeah. I don't know what Tobey Maguire's doing lately, but it seems like Andrew Garfield is still doing enough acting that he would probably yeah. be okay with coming back. Yeah, I know Tobey Maguire has had some serious roles since Spider-Man. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, like his, but, his part in No Way Home seemed like smaller and less actiony than uh, than it was in the original trilogy. So, yeah. But I mean, I, I yeah, could see Andrew coming I, back as you know, uh, as Spider-Man. That would movie. be nice, because he, I don't know, it, I mean, I guess there's no guarantee that it would be as well written or directed as No Way Home, but he was the most entertaining character in No Way Home, mm. so. No, I think the best we could expect is it to be on par with his other two movies, but. Shut up. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I've just described what Sony did with the post credit scene of Marbius, you know, the, the, this is the level of expectations you should have for anything coming out of Sony without the MCU people overseeing it. It's going to be like Venom or Morbius yeah. or Amazing just, 1 and 2. Just keep making Spider-Verse movies and I don't care what other shit they put out with Spider-Man's name on it. Mm. Now, I will probably watch Morbius when it comes to home video, but from what I've heard about it, the credit scene is the only thing I was interested in seeing just to see if it's as dumb as it sounded and i found it on youtube so i've seen it i'll i'll probably say i'll watch it for like a year and then i'll watch it and then i'll be like eh, whatever it's bad yeah we <laughs> i i'll review it on this show when i watch it T- too bad blade's not in it nope he's mcu now yeah. And from what I've heard, he's going to make his debut. Uh, is it. I think the Halloween special is this year. And that's. I think he's supposed to show up in that. They're doing a Werewolf by Night Halloween special. Which hopefully will also huh. include Moon Knight, who just got his first episode of his show this week. Yeah, I. I, I still don't know anything about Moon Knight aside from memes and what you've told me. So. Mm. 
Well, because the first episode is um, that Moon Knight. Okay, so so Moon Knight's thing is he's um, got you know the dissociative DID, dissociative identity disorder, um, the so, uh, multiple personality. Um, so the first episode is following one of those personalities who goes by the name Stephen Grant who is just kind of a bumbling guy who works as like a clerk at a museum gift shop um and he you know is aware that his other personas are you know taking his body places like he he takes precaution he like puts like dust around the bed to see if he's left uh during the night and he like shackles himself to the bed you know just on his ankle so he, you know because if i guess he, he's assuming it's like sleepwalking or something he's, he's not sure what's going on there's like gaps in his memory um but yeah so we're following this like kind of fun bumbling side of his personality who is very confused by the things that are going on is he like wakes up in a field and he's being shot at by guys and he runs from them and finds this like weird creepy cult guy played by uh, Ethan Hawke, I think, um, who wants him to return this golden scarab that he has. And there's this voice in his head that is angry at him all the time that is uh, the moon god Khonshu, which, I mean, they don't reveal that in the episode, but I know it, because it's just, that that's Moon Knight. Um, the, yeah, the, the moon god keeps demanding that Steven, you know, give control of the body back over to Mark Spector, who is his, like, mercenary persona, the, the more, like, superhero-y side of him. Um, and by the end of the episode, yeah, he's, like, having a conversation in a mirror with his Mark persona as they're being hunted by this Egyptian demon thing that the cult guy has sent to go get the scarab back. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm assuming episode two is probably going to show the same events, but show it from Mark's perspective, so we can see which things Mark was conscious for that Stephen wasn't, and like fill in the gaps. Um, and yeah, and the the Moon Knight outfit looks really cool. Uh, in the comics, it's more like a white spandex kind of Batman-looking guy. In this one, it's um, more like a mummy wrap look. Uh, yep. So that's, I guess that's all I have to say on that one. Um, Does he kick Dracula's ass yet? There is no Dracula yet. There should be. Yeah, hopefully. If not, I'm hoping he shows up in the Halloween special and that they have Dracula in there and then he gets his money back from Dracula. <laughs> They they show uh, him lending money to Dracula, mm. and then <laughs> later on they have to build up to him getting his money back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just double checking my notes because uh. I knew I had other things I'd seen. Unless I know you had other topics too. Yeah, I watched a lot of anime for the first time in like four years. Mm. Isn't <laughs> something about a hyperactive spider. Yeah, uh, so out of 
Out of all the um, anime openings that I sent to you, which one stands out the most? I'll talk about that I one. I mean, I don't remember if I watched all of them. I know there's My Life as a Villainess, which didn't yeah. look like any villainy was happening in it at all. It looked more <laughs> just like um, like a turn-of-the-century kind of posh, uh, like, like a Jane yeah. Austen novel kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and then... The there was one about a hyperactive spider girl who lives in a dungeon, and I guess there's humans who come to the dungeon and do adventurer stuff, and she has to fight them. Yeah. So um, the the first one, my was it my new life as a villainess? Is that, that yeah, the, some, the full something? I don't know. One of those overlong titles. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can't believe I became a villainess in uh, alternate time period video game. And also, my sister wants to fuck me. Or <laughs> yeah. However, those novels yeah, yeah, usually they, go. They, they tell you everything <laughs> about you know, summarize the entire story in the title. Yeah, you know, I I can't believe I got reincarnated as a pile of shit, but then I got I got eaten and turned into a giant ape. Actually, that one, um, and then I saved the kingdom. That reminds me. I, I mean, I should have bought it when I saw it. There was at the bookstore a couple months ago. Um, the the time I got reincarnated as Yamcha, and it's like it's a Dragon Ball Z like alternate universe story I, from the perspective of someone who's become Yamcha. I've heard of that. Um, I don't know anything about it, but it, it it's a very funny concept. Yeah, just dunking on Yamcha, the story. Uh, poor Yamcha, he gets Yamcha too much. Mm. Uh, did you? Were you aware of how big uh, the Yamcha pose is as a meme in Japan? No, I. All I know about him is from the show itself. Okay. So um when when Yamcha gets killed by the Cyberman, um that Vegeta and Nappa plant. Okay, yeah, the um, thing with him like laying face down he, on the ground. Yeah, he gets he gets blown up and has that that pose of his of him lying face down in the crater. That's a huge meme in Japan. Mm. Cuz like in and Z to that's a lesser like extent. the first big death, isn't it? Aside from Goku getting like stabbed through the chest or shot through the chest, but he immediately we see his soul doing other world stuff so yeah it's not as big of an impact yeah like go goku gets killed by piccolo and he comes back in like the next episode right so it's not really a huge shock i guess yeah yeah it's, we um, see him in other world he does some other world stuff so we know he's fine but but yamcha but, just gets yeah like murdered. the the, yeah, the the fight against uh, Nappa was like a huge shock because like okay, so Yamcha gets killed before they even fight Nappa. Um, Chatsu blows himself up and it does nothing, yeah. and then Tien gets his arm cut off and then killed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it, 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 it. I I think that was meant to like bring in the new tone of Z, which yeah, was. Uh, a hell of a lot darker. Yeah, there's a big scary threat, and Goku's got a power up to defeat it. Yeah, and then and wish everyone else, back to because, life after because yeah, just all die and come back every every one of these bosses they fight. 
And Goku has to beat all of them. Nobody else can except for Gohan that one time, and he gets yep. shit on immediately after. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, he got to prove himself, and Goku thought, cool, I can not have to deal with this anymore. But then Gohan <laughs> just stopped being good after that. Yeah. It's like, um, I, don't, I don't know if you watched them all, but the uh, DBZ abridged... Uh, um, DBZ Kai abridged. Mm. They were, they were like, uh, Piccolo puts his uh, hand on Goku or on Gohan's shoulder after he beats out, and he's like, "You peaked." <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "Wait, but I get stronger, right?" And Piccolo's like, "Yeah, but no." <laughs> yeah, you get a cool sword, but you can't catch an earring. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being able to move at like a fraction of light, but you can't catch an earring. Yeah. Um, okay, so your yeah. life as a villainous? Oh yeah, uh, a show that is completely different. Um, it it's it's technically an isekai um, because it's this girl who, who's like a a huge fucking nerd. Um, I. She says she gets hit by a truck and killed as a teenager, but we don't see it, so I'm not counting it. Mm. <laughs> uh, like we, every, every time a teenager gets killed by a truck in anime, we should see it mm. because it's it's funny every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she gets uh, somehow reincarnated into the world of. Uh, a visual novel um except instead of being the protagonist she reincarnates into the the villain mm. like like the the rival girl at the school that the protagonist goes to um but because she's such an idiot um like she she's doesn't end up actually doing anything villain like mm. like she's a she's a relatively nice idiot um so what she does instead is like the all the like she she gets reincarnated at like eight or nine years old mm. um and a, apparently the the character falls and hits her forehead so hard that uh <laughs> she she gets a soul from a different universe or something okay it's it's not important just all of a sudden uh this character from the game is her now um and she immediately goes and like fixes all the other characters from the game's childhood trauma <laughs> so so it's like uh she she remembers like oh yeah i've already oh, played this, this before i'll just pick this option and this option and say this thing well that that that's the thing though is that she does it all accidentally okay so it, it, it's it's like because uh she she knows that the fate of this character in the game is to either die at the end or get exiled um from the from the country okay. um so she's trying to avoid that but she but w what she does is like oh this one of the one of the romanceable characters is my brother um who 
who I I should who in the in the the this is hard because they they don't give her actual name. Mm. <laughs> so like like oh in like in the game Katarina bullied him uh like mercilessly so he ended up being a shut-in um and then it, by the time they get to the game which is basically in high school um it's like oh he became a, a womanizer because uh he was finally around people all the time mm. um but in, instead of bullying him uh she was nice to him so instead of being that he becomes like really overprotective of her mm. um and and he falls in love with like it, it's it's her stepbrother so it in in japan that's apparently good enough for him to fall in love with her with no consequences mm. <laughs> um uh and he he she basically does that for every character um and all the all the characters that love each other in the game, she steals like all the all the really like important lines. Uh, so instead of uh, falling in love with the character who said it in the first place, they all fall in love with her. Mm. So it, it essentially becomes a bisexual harem <laughs> because she does it for all the male characters and the female characters. Mm. Um, so like she meets this one character mary at a party um and she's like oh did you plant all these flowers it's it's really cool (laughs) um and apparently in the game like that was one of the princes that said that so she uh this basically goes on like like six other times until um like all the main cast is like four guys and three girls that end up falling in love with her, including the main protagonist of the game. Mm. Uh, and hilarity ensues from there because she she is the main character is denser than a black hole. Um, like they, like all the characters are basically op- openly talking about how much they all love her, and she's like. Uh, you know, I, I have to really check out who the protagonist is uh, in love with because if she falls in love with the wrong person, I'm going to fucking die at the end of the year. Mm. Uh, oh, because the game ends and she gets erased? Or? Well, uh, in in the game, like her character does a bunch of horrible shit and as, as a comeuppance, uh, one of the characters usually kills her. Oh, okay. Because she's done something so horrible. Mm. Um, and she doesn't realize that, hey, she hasn't actually done anything horrible, so nobody has a reason to kill mm. her. And in, in fact, all the people who would kill her are in love with her and would never want to hurt her in a million years. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Like, it, it's... It, it's hard to describe because, like, not a lot really happens like there's there's some storylines where like oh she gets kidnapped by a person with dark magic and but it's all very it's all relatively tame like yeah i mean it doesn't sound like you know from the title what i would expect from a thing with the title like a show about a villain 
who's not a villain. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole point is that she she's not really trying to play the villain. She was just kind of forced into the role and she doesn't she's too stupid to realize that um she she's basically the the protagonist of a romance game. Mm. Like it, it's it's a really entertaining light watch. Like there there's a few like you know token like dark backstories and stuff like that but it's it's pretty light all around Mm. um yeah Mm. and then the the spider one oh yeah the the spider one's another isekai um where like a whole a whole classroom gets like vaporized and they all reincarnate into the fantasy world is different people um but this one girl gets reincarnated as a spider instead Uh, (laughs) so like they 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 cut back between her and like her former classmates uh a lot and like most of them were reincarnated as like princes and princesses of or like royalty or nobility of like certain countries uh and she gets turned into a spider and has to like kill and eat to survive uh, mm. from minute one uh like the one of the first things that happens to her is like she sees uh her mother like this uh like giant like skyscraper sized spider that is just eating um other other baby spiders mm. So the first thing she does is run away. Uh, and the, the the show's weird because like the spider parts is like really interesting and um energetic because the, the spider is very she's very enthusiastic <laughs> um, about wanting to survive. So like every time she she almost dies, um she gets really intense, but after she wins, she's like dancing around like an idiot. Mm. Um, it's it's very entertaining, but every time it goes to the the humans, it I don't know, it's just boring fantasy shit. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, the the further you go, like the it's like oh, uh, apparently there's some kind of. Uh, god of the world who's controlling all the video gamey aspects of it um so yeah like there's some drama i haven't got to yet i guess but right now it's just like oh the spider is going around like fighting a bunch of monsters and like brutally and bloodily (laughs) like they the there's a lot of blood in this show (laughs) like it like it's it's never like too much you know know, like it's it's just like oh like she is she is killing and eating animals Mm. (laughs) and she she gets like legitimately fucked up like the first enemy she runs into is a frog that spits poison so she basically gets burned over half her body Mm. Um, before she kills it and levels up and now she's fine because it's a 
a video game type world. Like, and when she levels up, she is fully healed. Uh, but yeah, it's it's mostly really fun because the spider is very cute and energetic. Um, and the 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 ending, the video I showed you, is like just really um intense. Mm. <laughs> it's like fucking speedcore. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like it goes it, it's, from regular like anime opening to like even if I could speak the language, I wouldn't know what's being said because it's being said so fast. Yeah, it 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 goes from from like um yeah like Japanese idol song to like speed metal halfway mm-hmm. through, and then back and forth. It, it's it's and just enough flashing strobe really cool. lights to give all the kids who got seizures from Porygon. Uh, another seizure. Yeah, they they use they didn't use the red and blue lights oh, though, okay. so, so it's it's all right. good. <laughs> it, it's um, epilepsy free, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Um, so were there other animes, or was it just those two? No, there there was um. Uh, What's it called? My my dress up, darling, um, which is a show about high schoolers and cosplay, mm. where like there's there's this one guy who all he does is make Japanese dolls because that's what his grandpa does, um, and he's really into it. Then he meets a girl who's like really into cosplay, and she's like this perfect manic pixie dream girl type person. Mm. Um. And it's anime, so they sexualize her a lot, but she's like 15. <laughs> and that's kind of weird, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. Because um, like, I'm, I'm of the opinion that like if you're gonna if you're gonna have a sexy show, just have a sexy show. Like don't just like make me like legitimately like the characters and then just show me their ass every five minutes. Mm. Um, I'm not into that, but anyway, the, (laughs) like the, the actual show is very good. Um, the, the main characters are like very passionate about what they do. So like you end up really caring about it. Um, it kind of dips into romance, um, near the end, but nothing actually happens because, and it's it's anime, so nobody can ever actually get together. They just um, like each other forever and never say anything. Yep. Like every anime ever. Um, well, yeah, because if they got together, then you wouldn't be able to imagine yourself getting together with the character, and then they would lose whatever <laughs> sales they get off of people fantasizing that maybe someday they could be with this fictional character who doesn't exist. Yeah. See, I that that was half a joke, but also she's winning like every um like best waifu poll ever made. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, they don't they yeah, don't want people to be jealous right. of or feel like the character is taken. Yeah, even though they're fictional, and that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, you could just you could just write her like 
being in a relationship with Optimus Prime and nobody would care. Yeah, I mean, uh, and if you needed her to be single again, you could say the the person she was with got hit by a truck. (laughs) 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 And reincarnated as a frog in an alternate universe, yeah. Yeah, and we don't need to... I mean, I guess we want to follow that person for a while and see what their (laughs) life as a frog separated from your wife is. Yeah, he eventually gets uh, kissed and turned into a prince um, for some reason, and he becomes, like, the king of a country or some shit. Yeah, and he gets married but, to this but, universe's version of that same waifu, but because it's a different <laughs> universe, it means that the one that you're actually are interested in is still single. Right. Perfect. <laughs> we, we've, we've, we've written the perfect anime with no loopholes at all. <laughs> Yeah, just have everybody get hit by a truck and go to a new universe. <laughs> yeah, and you know if that's now a problem that they're married in this universe, uh, they get hit by a medieval truck in this fantasy universe, <laughs> and now they're in like ancient Rome, and uh, <laughs> and they do the same thing until they get hit by a chariot. Yeah. <laughs> Then they go back to, like, dinosaur days. They turn into, like, a velociraptor person. Yeah. Um, they get hit by a and they, they, like, just... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Until eventually they're just reincarnated as, like, a single-celled organism. Yeah. Um, yeah, the time I got reincarnated yeah. as a single-celled organism and had to struggle to survive in the primordial slime pits. But also yeah. discovered love. <laughs> uh, has anybody made that before? Because I I I can't draw. I mean, but if any of our listeners find someone who if any can. Of our ten listeners want to do that, it's open. I will not even collect uh, royalties on it. Go for it. It's a free idea. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So, cause okay, we're up to two hours. The other things I had is just a bunch of movies that I watched the last couple days. Um, like early, I've been, you know, I've been watching a lot of Simpsons again. I'm up to episode or season eighteen out of currently thirty-two seasons. Um. You know, some of the cringe has started to kick in a couple times, but it, it's still fun overall. Um, and uh, But I needed a break from that, so I started browsing on Amazon Prime to see what they had for comedy movies. And they recommended Boondock Saints, which I didn't think was a comedy, <laughs> but I'd heard good things about it, it's so fun. I figured I'd watch it anyway. And it's really bloody. Um... Yeah, like, I I thought like it was fine as like a bloody Tarantino ish movie, but then the like the I guess the footage they play over the credits just kind of ruined the whole thing. Because this uh, you know like a fair amount of moral ambiguity to these you know vigilantes going around killing bad people in brutal ways. Yeah. But then when you get to it, the it's... end and after they've done their last kill, suddenly you've got like this like 
fake news footage of people saying, like, yeah, they're doing good stuff out there. Yeah, sign me up. I want to go kill people, too. And say, this feels gross. <laughs> yeah. But you cut that part out and the rest of it's like, well, sure, I can accept that, like, these guys have some crazy ideas and it results in a lot of violence and you know willem dafoe as an already unhinged detective you know might decide that he is on their side after all but um yeah i don't need the real life fight club moment at the end to try to (laughs) contextualize all this yeah because i mean like the i it's been a very long time since I've seen the movie, but it's basically just like two brothers and they become the Punisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's two brothers. They run afoul of a Russian mob guy who's trying to take over the bar that they go to. And they end up killing him by dropping a toilet on his head and then decide that God see, is calling that, that's them. That's comedy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. You know, it, it's described as, like, a Tarantino-ish movie, because it does have that, like, level of quirky violence to it. That They decide that God has called them to purge Boston of the criminal element, so they're just, you know, going around killing criminals. They get this guy, Rocco, who's a little unhinged in different ways from them, as their, like, third person. And he, like, snaps and is, you know, killing people even more. Um, and meanwhile, Willem Dafoe is a police detective who's doing the whole, um, you know, like, um, oh, what, it's not Silence of the Lambs, the, the Manhunter, uh, Red Dragon. He's doing, like, that oh, yeah. guy, the, the thing of, like, I'm gonna get in the criminals' heads and I'm gonna imagine what they were feeling while they were doing this. And so he's becoming increasingly unhinged as this is going on, and he's trying to track these guys by understanding what they were thinking. Um... And then his psychopath gets hazy, and he gets taken in by the system. Yeah, and they put his brain in a jar so they can study (laughs) it, so he can inform (laughs) the way justice works in the system. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a cycle of violence. You know, they're killing gang people, gang people are killing them, and and it was fine, I guess. Um... But yeah, so I watched that, and then it has uh, Norman Reedus in it. Yep, that's that's all I remember. Yep, yeah, Hideo Kojima's best friend Norman Reedus. Yeah, is in there. Uh, it doesn't have any babies in this one. It, it, it yeah, but him. before before it became Norman Reedus. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I watched that, and then I switched over to Disney Plus, and I watched Aladdin again, and I watched Hercules again. Yeah. Aladdin. I mean, it, it's it's Aladdin is great, but. I, you know, I had some nitpicky plot hole things, because that's just what my brain does now. Um, like, that Jafar really didn't need to ask to be a genie, because he could already do everything as a sorcerer. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. Aside from, you know, Aladdin just making him jealous of the idea that genie might have more power. Um, yeah. Because... Yeah, because otherwise, you know, he he's like manifesting swords and hourglasses and turning himself into a giant snake and turning a tower into a rocket ship, and he wasn't even a genie. He just did all that. Yeah, so well, he I, I manifest matter. I I, the, I think what they're going for is that they're playing into his uh, like his greed, where like yeah, oh he he's he's like this royal vizier. He's like the 
second most important person in, in, in Agrabah. But then um, he just has to become Sultan and marry Jasmine. Yeah. So like, well, yeah, because like, yeah. his first wish is to become Sultan. His second wish is to have the powers of a sorcerer. And that right. gives him the power to like conjure anything, basically. Um, and then he tries to marry Jasmine and is told that's off limits. And then Aladdin tricks him into wishing for genie powers because convinces him the genie has more power. And I guess technically, yeah, the genie does in that like the genie could reverse the wit, you know, remove his powers if someone else gets the genie. Um, also, because it seems like even with sorcerer powers, Jafar can still get distracted, so he doesn't have that like cosmic awareness of a genie. Um, but I guess the genie doesn't really have cosmic awareness either, because he, you know, gets picked up by Jafar and doesn't realize it until he actually sees him. Um, yeah, I'll, I, all I can think of is the boss fight in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Where, like, Jafar tells uh, Genie to kill everyone, um, but he's really not into it, so he just, like, slowly moves around while you beat the shit out of Jafar. <laughs> Genie just like slowly moves around the arena. He's not a problem at all, and Jafar just like flies around while you beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. Also, I assume Jasmine must have known that Aladdin was Prince Abu uh, Ababwa um, all along, because I mean, even though yeah, she gets mad about it when he you know kind of drops the disguise. I think she probably had figured it out anyway, because she asks him, um, you know, when when he first kind of you know, like she mentions Abu, he, you know, like a dummy doesn't realize that he's you shouldn't know who Abu the monkey is as Prince Ababa, um, and when she confronts him on that, he says. Oh, I like to go undercover sometimes and mill around the commoners. That's not weird, right? And, you know, knowing that that's the thing that she did. Yeah. Uh, but she asks, uh, "Why didn't you tell me?" And he's, you know, just didn't want to spoil it. But really, what she she should be asking and should be connecting the dots on is why didn't he say anything when the guards arrested him? because <laughs> when the guards came in to arrest them she said actually i'm the princess and they stopped and if he was a prince why didn't he say well actually i'm a prince and not be arrested and not seemingly be executed by jafar and the guards um, I mean, she, so i she assume she like, probably figured that out and probably already knew or she she's she's like one of the only characters in the movie that isn't a complete idiot so yeah <laughs> in, um, in some kind of way um, yeah. everyone's an idiot in some kind of way yeah but yeah so i watched that and then i watched hercules again and realized that hercules is a disney princess because he's the one who gets the i want song and yeah. um yeah and yeah he's like secret royalty and and all that <laughs> it's like a lot of the tropes that they usually give to their princess characters they <clears throat> give to hercules yeah they should have named him Heracles, but they didn't because they're pussies. Well, they mixed and matched their Roman and Greek yeah. versions of the names. Which is... Think, oh, well, actually, it's is Hercules been the weird only one that they did the I mean, Roman version? As far as I know. Because, yeah, they um, like Zeus and Hades, 
and Hera. I, I, they might, they might make mean, a joke about a planet one time and mention like Saturn or some shit. But other than that, yeah, I mean, the, the guy with the winged shoes—did they call him Mercury in it? I don't remember. I don't know if they called him Mercury or if they called him Hermes. Shit, whatever, yeah, Her- uh, yeah, I think he was Hermes. So yeah. Yeah, I guess Hercules is the only one they did the Roman version of. Probably because the Roman name's more well-known because the Romans liked Hercules more as a character than the Greeks yeah. did. Hercules is also easier to say in English. Yeah. It, Her- Heracles is kind of an awkward, like, up and down. And it's not important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if I remember right, Heracles <laughs> in the Greek is seen as more of a tragic figure and in the Roman is seen as more of a heroic figure. Yeah, I guess. That they I don't... You know, play up his deeds instead of playing up his failings. Yeah. Yeah, because every, every Greek hero had to be tragic. <laughs> I mean, I did catch... I, I don't know if I caught it before. The, they make a joke about Oedipus. Yeah. Where Hercules I, is like, yeah, I saw that Oedipus play. Man, I thought I had problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, isn't... Um, like, in, in Greek... Uh, mythology isn't isn't Megara like his sister or cousin or some shit? Probably. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he also killed her in mythology. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. <laughs> he he is Kratos. <laughs> yeah. And Scar is the Nemean lion, I assume, because that's yeah. why he was wearing his skin. Hey Jade. Yep. Yeah. Who's the villain in um, Hercules again? Hades. Hades nuts. <laughs> Are we really going to do just the title twice? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. End on that. Until next time. Yep. I promise I'll stop laughing before we record again. That's the worst way to end a podcast. (laughs)